Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Six Figure Gutter Cleaner Podcast. I am your host, Don Sewing. The mission of the Six Figure Gutter Cleaner Podcast is to help you, the entrepreneur, to become a six figure gutter cleaner. That is, to give you the tools to build a business that will net you six figures with gutter cleaning as your primary service. The Six Figure Gutter Cleaner podcast is beneficial not just to professional gutter cleaners, but to home service professionals of all kinds. Whether you are a window cleaner, a pressure washer, a landscaper, HVAC tech, whatever the case may be, you can benefit from the principles that are taught in the Six Figure Gutter Cleaner podcast. All right, all right. Well, today on the podcast, we have a very special guest. And that guest is Joshua Latimer. I know some of y'all have been anticipating this interview. Some of y'all have already heard about him. Some of y'all have been through some of his programs and some of y'all are his students. But anyway, Joshua Latimer is here and I'm doing an interview with him. And it is really an honor and a privilege to have him because you know he's a man that has experienced phenomenal success Uh, not just offline with his exterior cleaning business, but online as well. And I really believe that this interview would be helpful. He'll talk about his journey. And he started at the bottom, just like a lot of us. You know, he didn't start with a million dollars of venture capital. He started at the bottom, worked his way to the top. And Joshua, I want to hand it over to you and tell the listening audience your background story, how it all began, and where you've come from there. Sure thing. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, my name is Josh. I'm a hopeless romantic who enjoys long walks on the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm uh, married, uh, five kids, married to my high school sweetheart. We got married at 20 years old. We lived in a trailer park just south of Flint, Michigan. And I was a pizza delivery driver. And, you know, in my spare time, I would read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, and I would deliver pizza and listen to little cassette tapes. Do you remember what cassette tapes were? All the the young guys, they they don't know what that is, but this is before CDs. I don't even know if some young people know what a a compact disc is, cassette tapes before that. But I listened Mm -hmm. to like Tony Robbins and and things. And, you know, I didn't have any entrepreneurs uh, in my direct family. So it was all like this new, weird, mysterious, exciting world. And eventually I mustered the courage to start a window cleaning business. And we were very poor. (laughs) We did not have money. I was terrible at everything. Uh, I would knock on doors and try to sell window cleaning. It was as basic as basic can get. And we struggled really bad for the first couple of years. And, uh, you know, I think I made less money with my window cleaning business than I did as a pizza delivery driver that first year. Uh, but then I started to, you know, figure some things out. I started to learn about systems and, you know, as my, my mindsets and my skill set started to improve, you know, the business started to work. Um, but there was a lot of pain and suffering in there. Ultimately, you know, scaled that company up to a couple hundred thousand a month in revenue and really worked very, very part-time, had a lot of systems and everything was automated. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, suffering that happened in the middle. But like you said, we started at the bottom and we put in the work, ended up selling that company. We moved to Costa Rica and and then have since built and sold other companies. So we can take it wherever you want, but I can tell you, no matter where you start, doesn't have to be where you finish. And uh, I don't have any college degree. I don't have a silver spoon and you don't need any of that stuff uh, to do big things. Great. Great. You know, Joshua, you sound like a man who 
was at the right place at the right time with the right people. You know, I want you to talk about that as far as how did you get your breakthrough? How did you just go from just being ordinary and struggling like a lot of us do? And then all of a sudden you just really start accelerating and really moving towards just success, excellence. I mean, what what made the difference for you? What was the turning point? Sometimes I tell people the only thing you can't give to another human being is hunger. You know, I've worked with a lot of people over the years. I've I've coached over a thousand, you know, home service business owners. And some people, they just don't want it. They really don't. And that's okay. They, they don't have to, but they they really, even if I answer the question on what it takes to be successful, most people won't do it mm-hmm. because deep down they really don't want it. But, but to directly answer your question, what made it change for me and what helped things accelerate is belief. Belief is, I think the the greatest weapon you can have. You know, the thing is, if you don't come from much, your 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 worldview on what's possible is very small. It's very limited, right? And so for me, I remember going on an internet forum, uh, this little window cleaner forum, and all these guys would be talking, giving each other tips, and t- kind of talking shop. And there was a guy on there that said he was doing thirty thousand a month cleaning windows. And at that time in my life, that was an impossible number. It was impossible in my brain, <laughs> which is ridiculous. You know, we've had multiple hundred thousand dollar days since then. But yes. but at the time, thirty thousand a month was like impossible. And so when I first saw saw or when I first read his post, it actually made me angry. I thought he was lying. I'm like, who does this guy mm. think he is? And I went through these phases of like <laughs> being angry and who does this guy? And then I'm like jealous of him. And then I'm I'm like trying to justify it. And then ultimately, I come to the conclusion. I think there's a lot of stuff I don't know, and maybe I should listen, right? Mm, <laughs> and uh, yes. and I started to learn. But you know, as your belief levels up, your results can level up. You know, you can't have a million dollar bank account with a ten thousand dollar mindset. You know, you got to believe it's possible, not just in general, but possible for you, which is a totally different thing. You know, and if you didn't grow up with much, or the people around you are all negative, that's your biggest limiter. Uh, is the, is is your mindset truly, truly, and literally? Because if you have all the tools and all the steps, I could I could give you a a fifty point checklist. Go do these fifty things, and you'll be a millionaire. People wouldn't do it because of the belief, because of the mindset stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned mindset, and then somewhere in there, you kind of tossed in as far as the people you are around. And I hear that quite a bit as far as you really need to change your circle of people, be around people that, you know, have the right mindset and just uh, get away from people that uh, that don't. And sometimes that could be a difficult thing. How, how has that part of it been for you? Well, in the beginning, I got lucky because the the guy that owned the pizza store that I worked at, the Domino's Pizza kind of became my first mentor in business. You know, he was he was the first quote unquote rich person I ever met in real life. <laughs> but he wasn't even rich, you know. He he made about 100 grand a year and he ran one pizza store. But to me, he was like he was like Warren Buffett, you know. And so I would hang on every word and he would pour into me and he would teach me things and we would talk about business all the time. And I think he enjoyed it and I enjoyed it. Here's the the really cool thing about successful people is that they like to be helpful. You know, if someone is hungry and someone is going to take action, they want to help, right? So if you don't have a good network of people around you, it's really not difficult to up-level your network, right? I'll, I'll give you some tips. I mean, my wife always says the best way to make friends is to be friendly, 
<laughs> right? Yes. Put yourself out yeah. there, get in different rooms, go to an event, go to a live event, go introduce yourself to someone, you know, brush your tooth and squirt some cologne on and go be friendly to people and be humble and ask them questions. You know, I think if you, if you go on Facebook or Instagram and you just message people and say, Hey, can I pick your brain? I think that's a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. But what I think is a good idea is, is to get physically around people who are ahead of you and be of service to them, be of value to them, listen to them, right? Honor them. Uh, because little, little tiny pieces of information can be worth huge amounts of money to you and your business. It could be a shift in your mindset. And little by little, it will start to change. And this might sound a little like woo-woo or something. It's really not. It's just that birds of a feather flock together. I mean, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. And if most of your time is spent with Uncle Larry, who's never accomplished anything in his life, you're going to have a hard time. You know, if all of your friends are big thinkers and they're doing stuff and they're taking intelligent risk and they're building things and you're like the, the poorest person in the room, that is a very good situation for you to be in. But you got to go make it happen. Now, I did luck out in that first relationship, but ever since that day to this day, I've strategically created relationships and played the long game with hundreds of different people that have been impactful and influential in my life. Great, great. You know, the way that I found you, Josh, and I've told people this before, was that I've probably since 2018, I've really taken an interest in just uh, developing my business, developing myself, and just uh, really trying to maximize my potential. And I've come across uh, Russell Brunson. I've read all three of his books, you know, The Secrets Trilogy. And I had ended up attending a video conference of his. It was the Brick and Mortar Summit. And it talked about the usage of click funnels, how many people have used it to be successful. And he talked about a lot of the brick and mortar professions of people that have been successful. And he had a realtor on there and a financial services person. But I saw that he had a window cleaner on there. I said, I've got to listen to this <laughs> because this is this is right in my area here. And it happened to be Joshua Latimer. And I really connected with the things that he was saying because you know, he, he was talking about you know, a, a lot of things that other people talk about, but he was tying it in to the, the home services, the exterior cleaning services. And so the rest is history. I mean, I got on this podcast, I devoured his podcast and just kind of tracked him down. I got into his recession marketing program. And so... Anyway, the question I would have with that is because you've you've had a combination of the offline and online success. Um, you know, talk about your journey from being in the home services and then getting into the software aspect of it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, home service is a complicated business. And it can be a beautiful starter business. But what oftentimes happens is when people scale their business up and they're doing, let's say, a million in revenue, which is kind of the first hundred thousand is like the hardest revenue you'll ever earn in your life. <laughs> like getting to a hundred thousand is so hard if you didn't come from from nothing. And then of course you set your sights on a million. And what happens when people have a million dollar business, they they start to realize a bunch of things. For example, uh, there's a lot of complexity in home service. The the labor cost is expensive, training and retaining employees, right? There's a lot of moving parts in a home service business because there's a lot of people involved. It's a high, very human, high touch business. 
And so they start learning about things like software or sales funnels or how I could start an agency or be a coach or something. And this is why you notice today. I mean, tell me if you've noticed this. There's about 10 times more marketing agencies today than there was five years ago. Yes or no? No, yes. Okay. And there's about 10 times more business coaches and gurus online today than there was five years ago. Am I right? Well, what happens is people want to, you know, once you hit a million, you're either going to sell, scale, or switch. And for me, I switched. I knew that home service was kind of a training wheels business for me, and I had bigger aspirations. And, 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 and software is a very leveraged business model. It's very difficult. It's a little harder than, than it looks, and it can be expensive, but that's the path I went down. I It almost bankrupted me when I started my software company. And because I was on the verge of going broke because of all the mistakes I made, uh, I ended up getting mentored and paid a lot of money to get mentored by Russell Brunson. And he saved my company. Now, um, I guess I say all that to say this, your business is like a vehicle. And the purpose of your business is to transport you from point A to point B, you know, your goals, your why, whatever you and your family want. But if a, if a, if a gutter cleaning business is like a bicycle, well, that's amazing compared to walking, but a car is better than a bicycle. So once you have the skills developed, as an entrepreneur in general, you know how to solve a problem. You know how to systemize things. You understand your numbers. You understand the economics. You know how to sell. You know how to market. When you learn these skill sets, you can apply those skill sets, not just on the bicycle, but now on the car. And you can make a lot more money on the back end when you exit a software company, of course. Uh, there's more location independence with a business like that. You know, I can work from anywhere in the world. I can travel. I have five kids and there's a lot of benefits to it. But you know, I don't say that to distract people from their current business in their hand, because the truth is, is if you don't nail the, if you can't hammer the nail all the way through the board on your gutter business today, you're definitely going to get kicked in the teeth when you try to do these other more complex things. Um, but it, it should act as an encouragement to people that are very ambitious, because if you can get that six-figure gutter business going or even push it up to seven figures, you can sell it and apply those skills to more leveraged business opportunities and change your life. Great. Great. Yeah, that's that's good. And that's one thing I tell people on this podcast is that even though it's called the six figure gutter cleaner, that six figures today is not like six figures 10, 12 years ago. And so our yeah. money is becoming worth less and less. And so we're not talking six figures as an end game, but we're talking breaking into that six figures. That'll help you really get in the game. Because you know, once you get into six figures, you should have money to reinvest and should start looking into coaching, consulting. It's not just a survival thing you know, when you're making maybe 40, 50,000 a year. And so it's like breaking into that six figure mark can help put you on that trajectory to mm -hmm. bigger and better things. And that's why I'm so glad to have you on here because you're definitely pretty far up on that trajectory that I'm trying to point people towards. But you mentioned something earlier that I want you to strum the guitar on a little further. And you talked about how so many don't uh, don't want it. You know, they just don't want it bad enough. It reminds me of that. I don't know if it's a parable, but about that old man taking a young boy out into the ocean and that young boy's out, you know, just show me, you know, how to succeed, how to succeed. And the man dunks him underneath and he's gasping for air and he comes up. He's like, well, why'd you do that? And he said, well, you know, if you, you want, if you want success as bad as you wanted that oxygen, then that's when you're going to make it, you know, type of thing. 
But it's like in your experience of just dealing with so many people and especially dealing with people in that zero to six figure range, what would you say are, I mean, maybe let's just say the top three factors that divide those who make it and those who don't, those who they're in your programs or coaching programs and they just took the bull by the horns and they're off to the races. And then those who just dropped off. It just didn't work for them. What would you say are maybe the three deciding factors or something like that? Mm, that's such a good question. I, the really obvious ones are, you know, most people are stuck because of an acronym I coined, I call FOPO. <laughs> it's kind of mm -hmm. like FOMO, but different, but FOPO is fear, overwhelm, procrastination, and overthinking. Okay. Mm -hmm. What happens is people sit around listening to podcasts like this all day, instead of doing stuff. And they do it is because it's a sophisticated form of procrastination. You know, it can feel like you're being productive just because you're busy, right? But busyness and productivity are two very, very different things. And so we come up with lots of stuff to do that except the real stuff we know we should do. <laughs> can I get name it? Like, like I, I am not in shape person. Okay. I'm not in shape. I'm a shape. You know, I, my weight goes up and down. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't have a, <laughs> the body of a Roman God. It's more of like an Eastern European Buddha shaped type God, little G by the way. Um, but my point is, is I don't have an information problem with my fitness. I have a behavior problem. I am not confused on how to lose weight. It's very simple. I just don't do it. Right. So in business, this is oftentimes the case too. So people are wandering around the internet looking for the secret weapon when the reality is they have to go sell their stuff to more people. They have to go market louder. They have to have do, do things that scare them. You know, our family slogan is do hard things because everything you want is just on the other side of a few hard things. So the, the thing that separates the winners from the losers is the action. And action is hard when you are scared out of your mind, when you don't have the belief. That's why I said belief is so important. You know, if you knew that you couldn't fail, how much easier would it be to go do what's required on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It'd be easier, right? But because people think maybe they're going to look stupid, maybe they're going to go broke, maybe they're going to prove their Uncle Larry right, that you're an idiot, that I'm an idiot and I'm destined for failure, right? My high school guidance counselor, maybe they were right. These types of thoughts make you get paralyzed from taking the basic actions that always work. You know, if you have even a smidge of charm, and you talk to people all day enthusiastically about the stuff that you have for sale, you can't not make six figures. It's like impossible, okay? Mm -hmm. But if you looked at your last seven days, how many minutes out of the week were spent being an enthusiastic uh, marketer of the stuff you have for sale? It's probably an itty bitty percentage of your time mm -hmm. uh, if you have a small company, right? So go meet people, shake hands, kiss babies. You can do a lot of things wrong, but if you market loud enough, you, you'll smash past six figures just with that. That is great. I've, I read a book by a man named Jeb Blunt, and it was called Fanatical Prospecting. And in that book, he, he, he made a statement that reminds me of some of the things you talk about. He said, messy success is better than clean mediocrity. And just like you were saying, just take action. I mean, you know, that imperfect action rather than that, uh, you know, totally flawless, squeaky clean inaction. That's right. Yeah. Massive imperfect action. You know, action itself creates clarity, right? So if you're confused on what do I do? How do I do it? Should I use a flyer? Should I do a yard sign? Should I knock on doors? No, but people hate it when I knock on their doors. And, and you're just kind of paralyzed by this analysis paralysis that we've mm -hmm. all felt. When you feel like that, you got to realize that doing the thing 
is what will make the clarity happen. Tony Robbins says that emotion follows motion. Okay, what that means is we're sitting around waiting to feel like it. So then we'll go do the stuff. But the way it actually works is the opposite. You need to go do the stuff while you don't feel like it at all. And because you're now doing the stuff, it'll it'll gradually make you feel like doing the stuff. <laughs> so yes. it's like when an airplane takes off, it takes a huge disproportionate amount of fuel for the for the jetliner to get one foot off the ground. But when it's cruising at 30,000 feet, it's sipping on the fuel compared to what it took to get one foot off the ground. And business is like that. You know, it's like a flywheel. You got to get it spun up and it takes tremendous effort and it's scary and it freaks you out. Once it's going, you just got to kind of just touch it to keep it spinning, right? It's really easy to keep it going. That's how you create momentum. But it takes real effort, massive and perfect action. Perfection is not required. Perfection is an illusion. It's not even a real concept, right? Go talk to people. Go explain what you do. Have a smile on your face. Follow up incessantly with people you gave estimates to, right? Connect and network. Shake hands and kiss babies. Doing these things will create momentum. And over time, it'll become effortless for you to do what is difficult today. Great. You know, you talk about building momentum and just spending your time doing and doing things that will be profitable for your business. One of the things I've heard you talk about extensively, and this is something that I have benefited from and I've talked about on this podcast, and that is joint ventures. And I've actually fallen into some joint ventures accidentally because, you know, I got a call one time from a landscaper and he was just sick and tired of cleaning gutters. So I'm trying to find someone to just dump my gutter cleaning off onto. And then so we just created a relationship. And so, I mean, I've gotten a ton of work from him and as far as gutter cleaning. And when I do a gutter guard job, I, you know, I cut him a slice of the pie, you know, because it's a bigger ticket thing. And just me accidentally falling into a, a couple situations like that. It's like how much more so when you actually seek it out and take advantage mm -hmm. of it. Oh, yeah, it's huge. I mean, th think about the idea of referrals. You know, a, does a good percentage of your business come from referrals? Yes, yes. Okay. So people think of referrals as being your customer tells their neighbor Janet to give you a call. And that's great. And we want that and keep doing that. That's great. But, you know, we can get referrals from other business owners, right? So th think about, I don't want to get too advanced, but in, one of the numbers you're going to learn as you scale your business is something called customer acquisition costs. Mm -hmm. How many dollars do you have to spend to harvest a brand new shiny customer? <laughs> if your average gutter cleaning job is $300, how much of that would you give away to harvest the customer, right? And, you know, we don't have to get in the weeds on that. But what I want people to think about is this idea called influencer acquisition costs. You know, let's say you would spend $50 on marketing to get that $300 job and you're happy with that. Cool. Good for you. Well, would you spend $500 on the Chamber of Commerce networking event? or the BNI group, or gifts and lunch and buying omelets and coffee, meeting people and building relate. Would you spend 500 to get one influencer that could lead to 50 jobs a year for you? Right? Well, the answer should be obvious, right? Mm -hmm. um, but to do it, you got to be proactive. So there's a lot of other struggling small companies that can help you and that you can help them, right? There's a lady, a friend of my wife, she has a chicken shack thing. She has like a food truck and they sell this really cool really good chicken. It's called the cluck bucket. The cluck bucket is sitting right next to a, a car wash. And I told her, I said, we need to do a joint venture with the car wash because these cars pull out of the car wash. And if they just turn right, they're in her parking lot, right? How come they're not getting a free cornbread coupon with every car wash that they get to her chicken thing? 
And how come at her chicken thing, there's not a $2 off your car wash coupon with every chicken order, right? These are simple things. They just take a little creative thinking. Um, and imagine, you know, Donald, if you had 15 of those relationships feeding you work, constantly yes. sending deals to you, right? It can happen. It can happen in a big way. Just, you got to get organized. You got to go uh, be a leader, go meet people, be creative. And that it's, it's not hard to do it at all. In fact, I'll just tell you how to do it. So make a list of all the non-competing businesses in your market. So all the lawn care guys, the cleaning companies, the every other type of service, irrigation companies, fertilization companies, anybody that's at a homeowner's house that works on the outside of the house, even maid services technically, but anybody that's at your customer's house already, and we're going to call them. And here's what we're going to say when we call them. We're going to say, hey, we don't know each other, but we work in the same town. You know, from time to time, my customers are always asking me if we know any good irrigation people. I don't really have someone I specifically recommend. You seems like you guys do a great job. I'd love to connect and buy you a coffee and see if there's a way we can help each other. Let me know. That's what you do. Do that 50 times to all these companies. A whole bunch of people will call you back. You'll become friends with a whole bunch of people and you're off to the races. Very simple. Yes. Yeah, that is so powerful. If I could just sum up just what I've received from just listening to your podcast and seeing just what you do for small businesses, home service businesses, it's just really just helping people to optimize the business that they already have. A lot of times we think in terms of, I got to get more, get more, get more. And when we already have a customer base and we already have so much money that's just sitting on the table, but we want to just, you know, we think the answer is always is getting more customers, getting more customers, getting more customers. But the problem with that is we're only getting more and more customers that we're doing a mediocre job of maintaining rather than just maximizing what we have. And that's what I really see you doing and teaching people is just to squeeze as much juice out of that orange as possible. Well, most people that are very wealthy and have built big businesses, they already know this secret. Mm -hmm. And you got to think of yourself as a farmer, not a hunter. So when you're, when you're building your business, you're trying to farm relationships. You're not trying to kill the gazelle and eat it like a lion, you know, in, in Kenya or something. You're trying to build a farm because a tomato plant is going to give you tomato after tomato. I'll give you a perfect example. So today at my studio, uh, a guy just left. His name's Andy. He's in the plumbing business and he's someone that I'm, I'm helping. And he last week, you know, hired me as a private consultant and paid me $60,000 I talk to him once uh, every other week uh, for six months, and I'm going to help him make a lot of money. He has a $4 million business, and we're going to grow it to bigger. Here's the really crazy part of the story, though, is that Andy first was introduced to me almost 10 years ago, and he bought a course that I made a long time ago, back in, when I was in Costa Rica, right? And so then he bought that event. Then he bought an event and came to my house uh, a few years after that. Then he signed up for Conquer, which was a coaching program I launched. And then he was in that for years. And then now he's doing this. So I've been helping him for a long time, but what's the moral of the story? The value of a relationship is so big. You can't comprehend it. And you're looking at your $300 gutter cleaning client, like it's worth $300. And the reality is it's worth $3,000. You know, the, the small business administration says that the average lifetime value of a customer is eight to 10 times the initial transaction amount. And that's across all industries. So when you think about, you know, Bob, your customer, 
and all of the referrals you're going to get from him, all the repeat business you're going to get from him, all the upsells and the cross-sells and the gutter guards and the ancillary different services and all the other opportunities that are there for you. And you stack it up over five or six years. It's it's like a lot, right? So yes. every customer you get is worth a lot if, 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 and only if you nurture the relationship and over-deliver on your promises. You know, this guy's not going to keep giving me money if I'm not helping him make a lot more, right? He ain't stupid, okay? So he gives me a little bit of money. I help him make a lot more than that. He comes to my event, which costs even more. I help him make even more. He joins Conquer. Now he's doing seven, multi-seven figures, right? Now he wants to do eight figures. You know, if you do a great job and focus on nurturing the relationship, that's really one of the big keys uh, to getting really big. That way you're not always chasing the gazelle, you know, looking for a meet. Yes, that's, yeah, that is, that's excellent. That's uh, probably about the uh, the best piece of advice, I would say. I mean, a lot of it's been good. A lot of it's been great, but that, that especially, because it's just so easy to have that, that hunter mindset, you know, that survivalist mindset, rather than just being more strategic and thinking like a farmer. So that is, that is excellent. Well, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to go ahead and wind it down here. You know, I'm just um, very thankful, you know, Joshua, for just uh, giving us your time and being here with us. And I, I would say uh, just to leave us with some last words, and I think this would be very helpful for the listening audience, that if you could do it all over again, start at ground zero, you know, IRS comes in for some funny reason, takes everything you've got, and now you only got a bucket and a squeegee. What would you do? I would do the same thing. I'd just do it a lot faster. And the reason I would do it faster is because my belief is very high. Like I know exactly what to do and I know that it will work. Right. So I would just go do it. And, you know, it, it would just be a lot faster and less painful. <laughs> I guess in terms of final words, I just want to encourage people, you know, if where you are right now, doesn't have to be where you end up, you know, you're your story doesn't determine your destiny like your decisions do. So, you know, there's not going to be some town elder that's going to wander up to you and anoint you and give you permission to be successful. <laughs> like you're just allowed to be successful. There's dirty gutters everywhere, literally everywhere. People have to clean it. Okay. They have to, where it does foundation damage and it's terrible. Right. And it makes the gutter fall off the house. There's opportunity everywhere. And even if you're in a, you're in a small market, there's probably a million dollars a month in transactions happening they're just not going into your pocket. So you got to get in the mix. You got to get out there. You know, um, you not marketing and selling is not preventing people from buying. It's just preventing them from buying from you. Yes. Right. So yeah. you need to get out there and get that money. All the money you need is there. The problem is it's in somebody else's pocket and you got to get it out without committing a felony. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you yeah. need to market and talk to people and be enthusiastic. I mean, you can go a long ways, Donald, just with, I call it nerdy enthusiasm. Be excited about what you do. If someone says, what do you do? You don't say, oh, well, I'm, a, I'm just a gutter cleaner. No. no. Say, what, what do I do? I protect homeowners foundations and I put smiles on people's faces by doing one of the nastiest but most important jobs that a house needs, which is cleaning the gutters. And I'm passionate about it. I have limited availability. What day works best for you? Mornings or afternoons, weekdays or weekends? You know? oh, yes. <laughs> Want the luxury package or the basic package? Visa or MasterCard? You're going to pay cash or you're going to do a check? You know, you got to be full of enthusiasm for what you do because it makes you magnetic. It makes doors open for you. Everything gets easier. 
And it's just one decision. That's it. Just go do it. You don't need permission. You don't need to be anointed by the town elder. Excellent. Thank you so much, Joshua. Thank you for that. And thank you for your time and just uh, much success to you and in all that you do. And I, I'm looking forward to connecting with you more myself, you know, in the future, because, you know, I'm just doing this bot, this podcast and just encouraging others to press toward that six figure a year mark. But I'm looking to hit that six figure a month mark myself. And mm -hmm. so I, I will be connecting with you in the future for sure. So thanks again, Joshua, for your time. I look forward to it. And thank you for doing this. It's such a huge shortcut. You know, I wish I could have had a, a podcast like yours to listen to in the early days, man. And it's a big deal. You put in this, it's a lot of work to do it. Put it out there. People don't realize it's a, it's a big pain in the butt, but I know how much you care and I'm grateful for you. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Six Figure Gutter Cleaner podcast. My hope is that I have said something within this episode that will move you one step closer to becoming a six-figure gutter cleaner. Also, please know that your feedback is valuable to me. So, look me up on Facebook, look up the six-figure gutter cleaner, look up this episode, and leave me a comment. Tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like, and ask any questions that you may have about professional gutter cleaning so that I may answer your questions in future episodes. So that is all for this episode. Be ready for the next one, and bye for now.